paid good money to see this movie. When they go out to a theater, they want cold sodas, hot popcorn, and no monsters in the projection booth. Everyone pretend podcasting isn't boring. Turn it off. Turn it off. Why do we have to lock the door? Sometimes I lock it because I need to be alone. When you get there, shoot him up. It's safe here. Don't ever leave me. Your prints are everywhere. You were there the night it happened. No, no, I left. I thought you couldn't remember. I can only remember pieces. What pieces? You want to make problems, blame yourself, and get caught for nothing, right? Assassina! Assassina! <laughs> Why don't you let us help you? I'm going through the wrong way. Hey folks, welcome to a special episode of The Projection Booth. I'm your host, Mike White. On this episode, I am talking with Wendy McComb about her new film, Fuzzy Head. It has a premiere at Slam Dance Film Festival, which I believe started today. I could be wrong. Regardless, I enjoyed Fuzzy Head. I enjoyed a lot talking with Wendy McComb. Very fascinating lady. Hope you enjoy the interview and definitely check out Fuzzy Head when it plays near you. So, Wendy, obviously I want to talk to you about your new film, Fuzzy Head, but I have to ask you, can you tell me a little bit more about your background and how you got into filmmaking? I started making films when I was a kid with the VHS camera and uh, edited on the VCR. Fun words, if people remember what they are. <laughs> And yeah, just since then, I, I did so much acting. I, I've been doing this my whole life, I guess. And I didn't know it would... Actually, I did think it would turn into a career. I think I always thought, this is what I'll do. And I guess that's how I got into it, you know, just doing every avenue. I didn't go to film school. I've worked and shadowed wonderful directors. And that's how I kind of got my start, just shadowing, making my own work, being on set every day. and getting discovered through my short films, uh, ultimately leading me to my first commercial directing gig and my first feature. You act as well? I'm sure you must be a sponge on set. You know, my biggest intention, I think, was to become an actor. And, you know, it worked out real well. I got to act with wonderful people like Sam Rockwell, one of my heroes, and Anna Kendrick, and so on. And I've, I've had a pretty good career in acting, I feel. And... You know, it just started melding together, like acting and directing is like, oh, but, you know, I started to have to turn down acting jobs because I got, 
you know, two directing gigs at the same time, two directing, two commercials or, or, or films or whatnot overseas. And yeah, it really, it really says, what do you want? I would love to have taken those acting jobs, but I chose the directing job because, you know, I'm also thinking about, well, I guess I love being behind the camera. Yeah, I love it all. But um, I've, I've chosen the directing jobs whenever it comes down to it. So tell me a little bit about your first feature, Birds Without Feathers. How did that project come together for you? That one was an interesting one. I hate that this voice inspired me because it was such a horrid voice. And I hope no one ever, ever feels this way. But I had some jerk in my life telling me that my short films didn't matter. They weren't anything. You know, just telling me that. And here I am living my best life all day long. Like I look back, you know, in retrospect, I've had so many supporters come out over the years be like, you know, I just want to thank you for all those short films. You really made me feel inspired or you made me feel like I could do it. And I think that's my whole purpose of living. And this person just didn't. God, who knows what their deal was, but there's always someone like that, I feel, in, in our life. I don't know why. I don't know why. But they told me it didn't matter and it's not real films and all this junk. But of course, that lit a fire under my ass. And I was like, well, fuck this. I'll make a feature. Like, whatever. You know? And honestly, that's just how it came about. I just decided one day I'd make it. I financed it myself and made it with Skeleton Crew. And it just happened to do so well. That's how it came about. Very simple. Just did it. And how about Fuzzy Head? How did this one come together for you? This one's a little different, a little more calculated. You know, we have uh, Neon Heart came on to support me in making this film. So this time we have a team. This time we have name actors like Alicia Witt and Fred Melamed, Rain Phoenix, Carrier, like all these people. Because the first film just did so well. The first film got all these write-ups in the New York Times. And, you know, comparing me to David Lynch, which is insane since, you know, before I didn't even see a David Lynch film before I made that film, which is, it sounds like a lie because it's like when I finally saw his work, because I, I was like, okay, I'll go to the theater. I got to see this. And I was like, oh, this, yeah, it definitely seems like a lie. It seems like I've seen it. But yeah, just similar thought process. but. I think when people saw all that, they go, okay. And some of these people I knew before, you know, like Numa and I had met previous in Tribeca Film Festival and just such a great person to know. She's so beautiful and talented and good friend. And yeah, just as you go, you, you have these ideas. Nobody really wanted to do the project, but Neon Heart did. And um, we just started it from there. I think I thought I was going to make it a comedy. Uh, but my heart kept saying, no, you're going to make a drama. And I was like, I don't know. I've never made one before. But I just followed my heart and it told me to make this. And here we are. That's that's it. Neon Heart came on and supported the project. And from there, we built a team, uh, a way bigger team, a way bigger budget, a way bigger everything, you know, just outdoing ourselves preparing us for our, you know, future, you know. How was that experience for you having such bigger budget, more name actors, all of these things? Better than I can imagine. Like, I love the cast of Birds Without Feathers. I love everyone I've worked with. I have to say, though, you know, you think you're ready. Like, I was like, why am I, you know, I would love to work for Netflix. I'd love to work for a company. Like, what's up? And when you work with someone like Alicia Witt or Fred Malamed, you're like, holy shit, 
first of all, draw me to tears, like so unbelievably gorgeous to watch someone so committed. But the experience was new. You would just say it was new. It was it was new and uh, extraordinary and something that would prepare me for anything in the future. Like just seeing like, you know, I wish we had more time for Alicia to do more takes if that, you know, like making sure you work with a crew that, you know, as much as the lighting is important, realize that these actors came here to live. They're not working. They're living. And we need to hold space for their experience. And, you know, for Birds of Fudge, you know, we're just, fuck, you're messing around. And, you know, we'll do another take because they're my friends. We'll do another take. And just seeing the actors live, actually live, I would say is the biggest takeaway from, you know, the, the step up is you're, you really need to respect and hold space because they're in it. They are living it. And the empathy I have for that is, I think it's just so important as a director to allow that experience. Yeah. So that's what I, I mean, I knew that before, but you really, you're, you're really in real time being like, yeah, I love what I do. I'm like my, I'm literally drawn to tears. Like, how beautiful it is to watch and be on set. Yeah. What's Alicia with like to work with? Because I remember she's like scary smart. Oh, yeah. What a gorgeous like journey she's had in life. And it's just, you know, seriously still going. She's an amazing person. She's an amazing person. And just like, it was so beautiful for her to just trust me. You know, she trusts when I was like, let's go this direction. I'll say this. This is one. I think maybe this can sum it up in a, in a way without getting too personal. There is a monologue I had written for her because I just decided, you know, she'll need this monologue. I just decided that. And I gave it to her beforehand, of course. And, you know, she had a limited time with us on set. So they're pushing her out. She has to go get a flight. We didn't do the monologue. She's got her suitcase with her. She's like, hey, Wendy, we, we do that monologue? <laughs> I literally died. I thought, man, she's not going to want to do this. Like, like I can't push her to do this. Like, I, I'm a psycho. And she's like, hey, can we can we do that monologue? And I'm like, you know, we're nowhere near where we need to be for it. We're like, she's got her suitcase in the middle of the street. And I'm like, yes, we can. And I like tell the DP, I tell Sonia was the DP for this segment of the film. I say, let's get a tight lens on it. Let's, let's put her right here by the car. I know how I can get this in the film. I know how I can do it. And oh my God, the performance just pulled out for this monologue and then here's how here's how it is to work with me and her she, she was trusted me so much i she did the it perfect like it must have been the most perfect delivery of all time right but here i am with my intuition thinking it's got to be more dirty or and i couldn't find the words and she goes pathetic and i was like yeah she just swings around just it was so heart-wrenching the direction change so the how it is to work with her for me. I was super excited when I saw Frank Oz as your executive producer. Absolutely. And mentors are important. I've always said spirit animals are important because you're going to be surrounded by a bunch of who knows who you're surrounded by as a filmmaker. You know, I don't know who's listening to this, but who knows who you're surrounded by? You're surrounded by people who get their inspiration from TikTok. You're, you're, around, you're surrounded by people who get their inspiration from Netflix. 
you're surrounded by people who get their inspiration from the 70s. I mean, you really have to know who you are and who you respect and what you love because people will tear you out of your journey because they're afraid. And Frank Oz is somebody who has been a beautiful mentor to me, being like, he's very much like the Muppets. He's very much like what you think. You know, he's like, use your heart, Wendy. And how much do we need to hear that? He had a big hand in helping editing this film. And I'm eternally grateful for him. He did not have to do that. And he did. Because he cares about movies. He cares about art. And when he's inspired by something, I think he really, truly loved Birds Without Feathers. That's how it started. He's my friend. But I have to remind myself, like, a lot. Like, he's lived this incredible life. Incredible life. It's wild. It's wild. When did you actually shoot the film? We shot the film. We started before the pandemic and took a giant break and then finished it up when it became safe. So we we shot that first part with Sonia Tipson, who is like, she did most of the mother stuff. She was the DP for for that era of the film. And I swear to God, she must have been the first person who got COVID. She was on set, like, cough, lungs out. She was sick for like a, like two months. And then I was like, what the hell's going to happen to this movie? Like, I just really thought it was, I think everyone thought, this is it. We're not finishing it. We were barely halfway. We were like eight days in production. Took a break. All of us lived our lives. And then I think one day I was like, I can move to Costa Rica, never direct again, or I can finish this film. (laughs) So I did the crazy idea and finished the film. And, you know, we finished it up with Tanisha Moreno as DP and Daniel Wildwood. Yeah, we just shot for, I don't know, two more weeks or so. And did that like just in the last year, finished it up. How was the post-production process? I wanted an editor and couldn't find one that could really give this movie what it deserved. You know, not for any talent reasons, just like it's a deep story. The script is super specific and it needed this like, it needed some... Dedicate, we would have had to dedicate more than we could afford, basically. Like, I'm sure all the editors could have done it, you know, but like, let's, let's be honest. Like, the budget's slowly running out. Everyone's wondering what will happen to it. Do we want to pour more money into it? You know, like, and I was like, well, I could just do it. And Frank giving notes, it's like having an editor. So we just decided we're just going to just finish it, like, get it done. No more looking around. I think studio productions are like, I direct a lot of commercials and like bigger budget films, maybe overseas. And yeah, you can rely on editors and people to do it. They're getting paid to have that. They have to sink into it. They have to live it. You, They deserve to be paid a lot. We had the option of paying someone a lot, I think. But I think at that point, I just thought we're running out. We got to finish this for, for, for the festivals. We got to finish this. I think we just be safe about it and we'll just finish this. We'll just do it get it done. I think for future, there's so many editors I'd love to work with, but I, I would love to give them that space. Editors need space and money and time to to live in a film. It has nothing to do with talent. or It's, it's about truly feeling you can just give up your life and live in this life, aka movie. I do feel that's, that's the thing. So I have to ask, what inspired Fuzzy Head? Where did the idea come from? 
Yeah, for seven years, I feel in my life, I was living fuzzy head, I feel. I had PTSD from horrible abuse thing. So coming out of that, finding out I had PTSD, which later came as a diagnosis because you know, I was just running around in the world thinking, I can handle this, and just having these weird, like, trigger moments, and people were like, what the hell? And I was like, what the hell is happening to me? So I had PTSD. I really thought my life was over, like, truly thought it was over. I went down the spiritual path, which, you know, it's good to take a break from your life, because what I found in the spiritual path was, you know, First, I thought, oh, I'll never make a film again. I'll never have this thing that was driving me in my life. You know, this was my life. Is it gone? And, you know, the spiritual, the messages coming to me as, you know, as much as it was hard, it's like you can never lose what you are born with into this world. And I just kept that in my mind as I trudged through writing scripts. You know, I had started writing this script before like the beginning of the seven years, if that makes sense. But I never finished it. And I think I thought I was going to make a comedy. And when this script kept coming back in my head, Fuzzy Head, come on, make Fuzzy Head. I was like, why? Why? Go away. You know, and that's me just being like, I wanted to not tell the world what I was dealing with. I wanted to not tell anyone. But in all my work or in I hope in, in, in movies we're telling a piece of this because it's safe to, to be vulnerable in film. And I wish it is more safe in life now because I've learned how to navigate. But for real, it's it's very safe to show yourself in film. It came about by all the visuals I saw during the meditations. Why did this happen to me? How did I get in this position? And going back to childhood memories, I was being taken back to see my mother, to see my dad. A lot of this was like, my dad actually said a lot of these things to me. My mom wasn't really this. My mom was did a lot of stuff in the movie that's happening, but um, my dad as well. So I just combined it into one character because I just thought that was more interesting and it's not a complete autobiography. But those were the very moments that made up me and why I allowed someone to hurt me so bad in my life and yeah I just thought I hope to God no one has to go through seven years of of thinking their life is over so I should make the film and uh, maybe help expedite somebody's journey because I don't think I could like compile this in any other way to help anyone see I don't I don't know if it really will or not but I think that's what I was hoping and that's how it came that's where it developed from. It takes a lot of courage to be so vulnerable to put that out there. Thank you. It was definitely um, a journey of like fighting myself the whole way. You know, like, no, 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 you know, here we are. I feel freaking fantastic about it. And I feel just so grateful to everyone who helped make it, who believed in it and me and the fact that this movie has saved my life. And now you're on the verge of sharing it with so many people, having your premiere here at Slam Dance. And this is not your first Slam Dance. No, Birds Without Feathers premiering at Slam Dance. Yeah. Must be nice to to go back. Must feel a little bit like going home. 
Yeah, it is. It is. And I'm taking it in little by little. You know, we I know it's going to be a fun time. I know it's going to be a fun ride. It's just, yeah, you know, the movie back and forth. How will an audience react to it? I've been blessed to get great reviews from some people so far. And you see the sincerity in their in in their faces, you know, so I've I've let go of the movie in a certain regard, like thank you already to the film and I just pray that people see this kind of art and think like, yeah, you know, we want these artists, we want these filmmakers, we want these actors to tell stories more, you know, like we want to accept the innovative nature of the film and allow these people to create more because I, I do think it's important to it's not just vulnerable. There's some pretty spectacular filmmaking from the editing, the DP and the story in this in this film. You do so many things. You know, the acting, shorts, commercials, music videos, features. What's next for you? Where are you going to go from here? Do you even know? No, we don't know what's next, but I do know that it'll be great. It'll be spectacular. I I have, I finally did start. I'm almost finished actually writing that comedy that I wanted to do before Fuzzy hit. So I'll be honest. I mean, I started in comedy. Who knew I would make a drama? I'm not one for being a one genre pony you know i i do believe in just trying things and taking risks and yeah i I started in comedy and i feel like i am a great comedy i have great comedic timing and all this stuff and it's time for a woman to make a comedy that kills us that just makes us laugh on stitches and i'm ready to do that you know i'm ready to have some fun (laughs) i just i'm very confident in it and and the script's spectacular. It's just what we need. So I'm, I'm praying somebody hears this or wants to know what that's about because you know it's not really a big risk to make a comedy. So let's just have some fun, and uh, that's what I would love to do. Wendy, good luck with that, and good luck with your premiere at Slam Dance. Yeah, you too. Thanks for the inspiration. <laughs>